Hello everybody out there in Faith Fringe and Freedom World. So I'm driving up to a uh, a work trip here and, and I've been listening to this book um, by Michael Heiser and it's really powerful because there's a lot of concepts in the scripture uh, that I would find myself quest- not questioning necessarily, but um, I guess, no, I guess questioning. But I would, I would sit there and read it and I would think that, oh, that's odd. Why does it say that? You know, and there was... There are concepts inside of that that are really challenged me, and, and as I've been reading this book and listening to this book, um, it's funny because many of the concepts he talks about, which he does on an academic level to something that, I mean, he has a doctorate. I don't know what his doctorate is in. I'm assuming some type of theology, but, um, you know, I'm really, I really admire um, people that challenge the religious views concepts and traditions that are taught in church because with, without trying to sound sacrilegious I want you to understand my heart fully I am a Christocentric believer that adopts the concepts of spiritualism paranormal and the uh, uh, supernatural there are concepts inside of the discussion of the spiritual realm that goes beyond the physical, that Christianity and in, in, in churches today have in general adopted a secularized worldview, dismissing the concepts of the spiritual realm, concepts of the spiritual world, um, the divine power of that spiritual realm, and our part in and ability to carry out the things that God designed for us to carry out and the things that God purposed in us to carry out. And, you know, I have... I'm not sure if this will be a part two to um, the concept of um, the spiritual realm being both an agreement and also a, 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 a sort of pillar of influence. But I want to tease out just the concept of the spiritual realm as it relates to uh, the religious realm, and and for me, it's always been found in um, the concept of Eden and and the divine creation and things like this. And I want to make it clear, though, that there's plenty of concepts inside of that that don't take away from a Christocentric sal- Christocentric salvation in and through Christ. It does not take that away. But any time traditions are challenged by the religious, we find ourselves being ostracized, laughed at, cha- uh, uh, you know, uh, spit on, challenged. Hey, now you got to be really careful about that. That these kinds of things are often done, and it's actually because people are scared to question. It's actually because people don't want to bring question to to what the word, word says but the but the fascinating thing is there are concepts that the word actually backs up as being the exact opposite as what's taught in a religious sense and in a traditional sense because the foundation of most sunday believing sunday worshiping churches is founded on catholicism it's founded on pagan beliefs and it's founded on traditions that were passed down from the Roman Catholicism that Jesus battled a lot 
not just because of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and these types of religious scholars and and uh, 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 Torah uh, protectors and things like this. Like it's he battled these people a lot and and mostly. So so you see, people that weren't believers, people didn't have much of a problem with Jesus. It's the people that were following the religious leaders of the time that he had the most problems with. And any time there is a pursuit of truth outside of what the realm, what the normal Christian sort of uh, uh, religious institution believes or holds to, that as soon as someone deviates from that concept, there's automatically this uh, a certain level of chastisement and avoidance and, oh, that's that weird guy. But, but simply because they themselves have never thought about that themselves. And they've never taken the responsibility or taken the, the time to explore those concepts because they don't want the responsibility that comes with that knowledge. You see, as we increase in knowledge, there is a responsibility that comes with that increase in knowledge. And most people, not even just in the concepts of religion, anything, when we increase in knowledge, there is a responsibility that follows. And the responsibility that follows gives us controllability over the thing we're learning beyond a novice level and beyond an introductory or even intermediate level. It carries with it the responsibility to better control that concept and better control that thing or that, th- that problem or what have you. It's like... I can sit and be, you know, I, I'm, I'm learning about computers. I'm learning on how to better take them apart. And I have some concept in that because I really like root cause. I really thoroughly enjoy figuring out what th- makes things work and why they aren't working. And so, you know, I have a computer that I've never really taken apart before. Well, I'm going to learn that. And the pursuit of that knowledge is really fun. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach that with trepidation. I'm going to approach that new concept and that new computer that I've never interfaced with and never worked with with some trepidation and with some understanding. Because guess what? That is not my computer. It's the client's computer. And I have a responsibility to have a level of knowledge that allows me to control what I'm doing to not damage that computer that is not mine, that is that actually my client's. Right? So... There is, a, there is a responsibility and control to the knowledge that we pursue. And many people don't want to increase in the control because they'd rather stay ignorant to the things that can get them greater freedom. There is no difference in that than any concept in the world, let alone in the Christian worldview and in churches. You see, because we have a responsibility to the knowledge that God gives us. We have a responsibility to the knowledge that the Word gives us. And if we take everything as face value from what's taught without looking it up ourselves, then we actually have a, I would say, a malnourished ability to control our environment, uh, to control, to have self-control, to have whatever. If we solely let our religion and our relationship with Christ be founded on what the guy is teaching at the pulpit, which there's a great, there's a responsibility there, like... Anybody that teaches on the pulpit is going to have a responsibility to the knowledge that they give. And if they give something and say something in a place of, at the time of, of uttering it, ignorance, then 
they have a mandate and a responsibility to go back and say, hey, when I said X, Y, Z, I was wrong. It's actually this. That accountability is there with what you teach because you can lead people astray. But the individual responsibility on the person that represents the seats and the pews, you have a, have a responsibility to the knowledge too based on looking it up yourself. And I say all that as a backdrop because um, this book is just challenging what I'm thinking in terms of the process and also concepts that the Bible actually backs up and the way that the Greek and Hebrew words are written gives us much more depth and understanding beyond the surface level that most people are taught in church. And that's the concepts that I want to really underscore in my podcast here. Um, so this book, I'm, it's just incredible what this book is teaching and showing. Um, but one of the things that he really, um, it, one of the things that got that that I got to thinking about um, because of the book is is kind of the concept of of the of the spiritual realm being both this agreement and and spirit of pillar of influence. So your belief in a God that loves you, your belief in a God that loves all people, you but your belief in a God that is benevolent and caring and loving is going to shape how you treat yourself first and how you treat others second and ultimately how you vote. Right? Like we want to pretend that we've we've bought into this lie that we're not supposed to talk about politics or religion. And and I believe that there's contexts. I believe that there are times and places for that. I'm certainly not suggesting that every Thanksgiving should be wrought with, um, you know, religious discussions and political discussions that cause you to ostracize people, cause you to be belligerent, cause you to be emotional and treat people like garbage. Like, on the face of it, it's avoidance of, of, of drama like that, that that is said. And I, 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 at the face value, I agree. Because if you can't have a discussion from a place of, of, of logic, and, and if you can't have a discussion from where I said previously, if you're not trying to find out, if you're trying to find out who is right, you're going to end up arguing, get emotional, and yell, and everything else. But, but if you're trying to figure out what's right with a concept, then there's going to be an appreciation of the viewpoint that each person may bring, even though it is contradictory to yours, and even though it challenges concepts that you would say that you agree in and you believe in. And so it helps you to firm up things that you do believe based on the logic, because once it's challenged, you have to come up with the reasons why you believe what you believe. And that, and that concept is then something that um, firms up those things, but if there's things that you believe that are not, if you don't have the same ability to come up with those whys behind it, then the foundations of those beliefs and the challenging of those beliefs causes you to have to reform those foundations, and that can widely change, and and it's and it actually can be very quite invigorating when it's somebody that would challenge some of those because you don't have the same foundation that you do with some things that you may believe wholeheartedly that those concepts that you may not be able to give even a small fraction of the same why behind it with logic and reason, well, then that's actually great because it causes you to rebuild that foundation from a place 
that is just as strong as the latter concept that you actually had a lot of form form with, you know? So it's, it's, it's good, right? And so on the face value, having, you know, crazy, passionate, passionate discussions where there's, there's passion there, that, that's wonderful. That's fine. You know, that, that's actually one of the signs of a healthy debate. But like, if you can't sit and discuss without trying to prove the fact that the other person's wrong, and, and now they very well may, may be, and you very well may be wrong in some of the things that you're discussing. But if there's a overall, I want to find out what's right about this concept, then you're going to entertain the other viewpoints. And so, but the idea that we don't talk about politics or religion is one of the reasons that we're in the spot that we're in. Because again, the spiritual realm and the belief therein has many, many outcomes, many, many, uh, many, uh, goodness, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, it, it affects many, many parts of your life, right? Because your belief in a God that loves you and created you for a purpose is going to cause you to look for the purpose in things. It's going to cause you to look for the root cause. It's going to cause you to look for the most common good among all people. Because you're going to ultimately want to see the common good of all people played out because you believe in a God that wants to have the good, the good of all people to be played out and lived in this world. Um, you know, but that's going to shift how you vote, too, you know? Um, you know, so it comes down to, like, if you believe in a concept of personal responsibility, then you're going to actually have a concept of God that's different. You're also going to going to going to largely uh, uh, vote differently. You know, you're going to vote based on that. You want people to have their own personal responsibility because there are consequences to the actions that we take. But you know, we also want kind of the common good of all people. We're going to seek to find that. You know, if you don't believe in a God at all, then anything goes. If there is no reprehensible moral consequence to the things that you do, then it is free willy-nilly to do whatever, right? So you you end up being able to, oh, you know, if nothing is sacred if everything goes, you know. So so if, if you're somebody that believes that a God doesn't exist, then you also believe that certain levels of moral consequence aren't going to happen to you as far as kind of, hey, you're going to be judged by how you lived your life. You know, if there is no, if there is no final accountability to how you've lived your life, you're going to live your life however you want, right? And people that want to do the common good of all people are automatically going to agitate the snot out of you because you're kind of an anything goes type person. So, right, so the belief in a God and also the, belief, the, the, the lack of belief in God is going to shape how, you change, shape how you live your life. It's also going to shape how you vote. So we cannot ignore that there is a connection there. And we can't pretend that it doesn't exist because it does, right? So that's kind of where it, it could be a pillar of agreement because we have to agree that there's a spiritual realm that's bigger than us, and people can believe, can, people cannot believe in God, but also believe that there's a spiritual realm. You know, you see it all the time. But if you do believe in God, that's going to govern your thinking. If you don't believe in God, 
and and that has the varying degrees of like, you know, I don't believe there's anything out there. Well, if you're not, if you believe there's nothing out there, then you're going to have this like life of what's the point? You know, things aren't going to be as meaningful. You're going to see things with a half glass, a glass half empty type of concept, and your whole worldview is going to be shaped from the concept that there is nothing waiting for us. So if there's nothing waiting for us, then things that we do now have less meaning or no meaning at all, depending on how deep that belief goes in you, right? And then if you go to people that are, you know, let's say you consider them to be atheists, to be like, well, how could all these bad things happen if God is good? Well, the very concept of free will that governs and allows people to be doing the bad things are the very thing that allow you to have the freedom to not believe in Him. In other words, if you don't believe in God and you want the choice to do bad things to be taken away, then your choice to believe in Him or not believe Him is also taken away. So it's oxymoronic, right? Because the, the idea is that, see, God has... There is, uh, there are, are endpoints to predestination. As far as like, I'm not talking about predestination to belief to, to, to being uh, uh, um, saved or, sa- or saved by God by God because that's that's crazy. There's some of that that's just crazy. But I'm talking about foreknowledge in what could happen is very different than predestination. You see, God can pre know that something has the potential for happening. But he's not going to override the free will that it takes to get there. But if he decrees and declares that some endpoint is going to happen, no matter what, then it doesn't matter what you and I do, doesn't matter what good or evil people do, the end result is going to be the end result. It's simply the means that got there that are going to be largely different based on the free will of good people and based on the free will of evil people. Right? So... So if you're somebody that says, oh, how could, how could there be a God that exists that is good and loving and all-powerful if he allows all these bad things to happen? Well, friend, that same God that you don't believe in and are largely mad at because of the bad things that are happening, that are happening is the same God that allows you to believe what you believe about him. And if you take away the ability to do wrong simply because you don't like that, then that's going to also put you in a position of forced belief in him, which isn't a God of worshiping because your free will in choosing him is gone. You can choose him or not choose him, right? But how could you be mad at somebody you don't believe in? I can't believe in a God that allows bad things to happen is actually an inherent belief in a God that is just sitting up there willy-nilly letting those bad things happen. The concept is maddening. So... You're, you're actually living an oxymoronic existence, right? And so if you come from that worldview and stay there, you're going to be somebody that is okay with people's choices to do things to be taken away as long as it benefits you, right? You're going to be okay with those choices. So let's add like a little bit of a, of a political spin on this. Let's say that, you know, I'm, I'm, a, constitu- I'm a conservative constitutional libertarian. I know that sounds kind of funny and I'm kind of not always about labels, but but here's the deal. 
I believe in a constitution that gives us the freedoms that we have in this country. The Declaration of Independence gave us the independence from Britain and the subjugation therein to establish a country and a government that is for the people, by the people, where we have elected officials that have a responsibility to do what we want them to do based on the way that we vote, based on the representation that each person in the smallest government up to the biggest government has. But it's become something worse. And I don't want this to be a political discussion, so I'm going to pause on that part. But when you think about the concepts of freedom and free will, and you believe in a God that is good, and if you at least are somebody that's bent towards good, then you're going to want the benefit of all people. And now you might be more likely to entertain the idea of uh, certain ideas of tolerance with somebody that might be a marginalized or ostracized uh, part of society, um, and that the the stance of just letting everything be all love without any kind of accountability and without any kind of root cause or without any kind of sort of purpose, then you're somebody that's going to going to be on the other end of that uh, of the let anything goes uh, that anything goes in kind of person. You're going to be on the other side of, well, it doesn't matter because that doesn't affect me. Like, well, there are plenty of things that affect you based on the allowance of things because of the way that they can distort the way that things are meant to be. You see what I mean? So if so if if you're somebody that, like I said, is angry and can't believe in a God because of the bad things that are happening, the choice to do good good and bad taken away takes away your choice to think that God is like that but again you believe in somebody that you don't like with that concept and then the lifestyle that you live that would be outside of the things that a God that you that you are mad at needs and wants then you're taking away your choice to even live the life that you're doing from a belief that this God is, you know, angry and, and, you know, or you're angry because this God exists and how could he be good if he allows all these bad things to happen? Well, friend, you're taking away the opportunity for you to do the very bad things that you're doing that might be things that are against what this God does and does not want. So back to this idea of predestination, like knowing the outcome Ahead, knowing the potential outcomes ahead of time is definitely a big concept with God because the free will that can happen is what's allowable by his creation and the way that he set it up. He created us a free people, you know, but but many people that are tired of the things that their people are doing, if, you, if there are people that are tired of the way that people are exercising their free will in a negative sense with killing, with raping, with pillaging, with whatever that you don't like that you don't want them to be able to do those things but to stop them from doing that either by law or by whatever else would actually go 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 against your ability to believe what you believe you know it's kind of like I had a concept on Facebook I was talking to somebody that uh, it was your choice one way or the other I can't remember if it was like I, I can't remember what it was but I know it wasn't any, it wasn't like abortion or anything super controversial like that. It was just something a little less heavy and inflammatory to teach a concept that if you're 
If you want somebody's choice to do that or not do that to be taken away, the yes that you say to legislate role, uh, laws that take that choice away, as long as you are in agreement with the immoral majority and you're okay with that choice being taken away, with a concept that you agree with, you allow that freedom to be taken away because you tend to agree, you do that more often, you're going to find yourself with a concept that you think you should have the choice to do or not do, but because you previously gave it away through legislation and agreement to laws that took away choices you believe should have been taken away, you're going to end up running into the into a law that takes away your right to believe something that you don't agree with the majority about. So you have to be very careful when you talk about taking away choice because eventually yours will be taken too. So, so spiritually speaking, this is, this is kind of the idea, right? You've, your, your belief in a malevolent God that cares for others, you're going to carry a certain amount of love, but you're also going to believe in a uh, sort of a, a, a divine governance, we'll say. Sort of a, a, a concept where there is, there, are purpose, there is a purpose to your life. There's a purpose to what you do. And there's a purpose behind doing it. So you're going to live your life with a certain intentionality that some people are not. Because you're kind of beginning with the end in mind. You're, you're, uh, you're thinking from a perspective of sort of eternity being something that... Um, you're going to think from eternity backwards, in other words. Like, you're living your life today with eternity in mind. And I'm not talking about fear. Because there's, that can go the other way. If you believe in a God and you're always afraid you're messing up and always you're afraid you're going to just, you know, die and go to hell, so to speak, then that's a whole other concept. And that's a concept away from what I believe to be the biblical God. Um, you know, the God, the God of love and the God of tolerance. And, you know, he may, be, he may love you and he may tolerate certain things that you may believe, but there's also rules to the governance. There's also a concept of... Um, flow with the way that this world is. And those things can cer- can certainly be uh, observed, replicated scientifically, and things of that nature. So, so there are sort of these natural laws that govern our existence here in the physical realm that seem to have been set up or started by a supreme spiritual being that is outside time, space, or matter, right? So, so whether you believe in a personal relationship that can happen with that god or that deity it's kind of we, where we can have some different concepts in the way that we think, but the 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 idea that the idea that it doesn't shape how you vote is ludicrous. It absolutely does. Your worldview changes how you vote, and and that is exactly why we have some varying degrees of of, of things here. And you know, as I go through the different pillars. Um, you know, as, as spiritualism, or, you know, the spiritual realm is, is, is definitely the first pillar, but also a pillar of agreement. So it's an influence and an agreement, like I've said before. You know, it, it, it filters through all the way. The very last one that I'm going to go through is political, because the agreements that could be made from pillar one to pillar uh, seven, uh, actually eight, I think, yeah. So between, basically, from the first to the last pillar, you're going to see kind of your worldview be, be, be in and through that. And the reason I put 
political at the end is because it's one that can have the most trouble with people listening to opposing views. But there's such a state of the world now with people waking up to concepts and industries that are influencing our world and influencing politicians and, you know, influencing many of the things that we interact with on a daily basis, you know, more people are waking up to that idea. Um, you know, so so the agreements that are the pillars, the the agreements with the pillars of influence between one, the first one and the end one of my podcast here, by the time we get there, you're already going to have agreement throughout, and it's going to be much easier for us to discuss uh, political concepts. Um, you know, and I may, I'm, I'm certainly going to lose some people between, you know, the first and the last, and that's okay, because there's other podcasts and there's other concepts, and you know, I'm going to say something that you may not exactly agree with, but, you know, I would appreciate you sticking through, and I would also appreciate you simply just finding another podcast, you know. Um, a lot of the people want to, like, become social justice, you know, warriors on on social media and things and say things that they would never say to the person in public. And so, you know, throughout this thing, I, I, I expect a certain level of decorum, um, if you have the ability to do so, to, to be able to accept views that may not be yours, that you may not share, and to listen to them and give them the same consideration that you would want from, from, from them. Um, that, that's something that I, would, I, I feel is very important. And when it, every, any interview, I, I certainly won't entertain any, any deviation of that. I just won't. Yeah, you'll be done. I'll get you off. I'll hang up. I don't care because it's my podcast. Therein, though, I don't care what you believe that's so far against me. You know, you handle yourself with decorum and respect. You can hang out. I don't care. You can hang out here as long as you want. I just don't want posts and comments th- and, and things that are just derogatory and nasty for the sake of being derogatory and nasty. There won't be a discussion. I won't comment back. I'll just delete you. But anything that's a meaningful discussion where somebody is posing a question, um, I'm going to dig into that because other people are going to have that question. right? So, So that's the reason that the spiritual realm and your belief in a deity, good or bad, can shape your whole worldview. So we haven't gone over the next step of that, which is this. So belief in a God that loves you, belief in nothing, nothing is meaningful. But then if you believe in, you know, the opposite, which, again, the, the agreement already said, you agree there's a spiritual realm, you agree there's good and evil. We're, we're kind of assuming this backdrop at this point. But if you believe in a deity that governs the good, then you also then have to believe in a deity that is that is bad. And sometimes people will pursue the negative, and then when it shows up in their face, um, when it when it shows up in their face, they actually get kind of frustrated um, because, or, or when it shows up in their face, they get kind of marvel. Oh, well, see now because this negative one is in my face, you know, um, I'm okay with that because it's right there in front. But, you see, there's reasons behind that. But I digress from that. So, if you're, if you're somebody that is largely governing your life based on, based on the belief in a negative deity, then you're going to govern your life very differently. You know, you're going to um, do everything you can to defend that belief and... and downright attack those that have an opposite viewpoint you know but but if you believe in 
do whatever you want without a god, without any kind of deity, with nothing being there, then you're going to be that anything-goes type person. But if you are somebody then that... Um, if you're then somebody that is is takes it one step further to believe in a negative deity, then that's going to be a whole other thing. And I say that as that backdrop because... Just doing that. Sorry, I'm getting this thing. That's this thing is taking me different directions here, <laughs> trying to go to uh, uh, this uh, place for a client. And so it took, kind of turned me around there. So um, you'll definitely hear that in here, but that's okay. I just wanted to get back on track. So if you're somebody then that takes it one step further to a, a belief in a deity that is governing that side. Um, then you're going to shape your your worldview is going to be shaped by that very differently. You know your worldview is going to be um, one of destruction, and um, I want to be able to do whatever I want. But see, there's consequences to those decisions, and that's kind of the concept nobody wants to think about. They simply want the choice to be removed, but they also want the consequences to be removed. You know, they don't want to have to be accountable to those concepts, right? And if I choose good or bad, I'm going to have consequences of that. I'm going to have good consequences and I'm going to have bad consequences based on how I decided to, to, to make those decisions. And we can't pretend that those don't exist. You know, but somebody that at least have some has some moral good to them, you know they're going to accept those consequences a lot better than somebody that just doesn't want the accountability, right? So it's important to understand that when we think about the spiritual realm and the, the good or bad of that, the, the good and evil of that, it's going to shape how you see the world. It's going to shape the decisions that you make. And we can't ignore that that's reality. You know, we see it played out everywhere. That those beliefs shape your ideology and they also shape your political political ideology. It's just, it's just the way it is, right? We can, we can act like it, we, it doesn't happen, but we can't ignore the, ev- the evidence that, 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 we, that we could present and, and observe in the world. So... When it comes to that spiritual world and and the agreement therein, um, this will serve as that part too, because your way you vote, the way you interact with your family, the way you interact with your kids, the way you interact at work, the way that you do so many of the things that you do throughout the day, normal day is going to expose based ideology. So so as we go further in this podcast, you have to understand that. You you're going to have to to recognize your own um your own sort of your own your own uh <laughs> struggling with the words here, but you're going to have to recognize your own responsibility. Okay, 
Because again, back to the knowledge, responsibility, and control I talked about. Um, when we increase in knowledge, we increase in responsibility. And people in the church, people outside of the church, largely people do not want to be responsible for their own actions to a certain extent. Um, and, and gaining certain levels of knowledge that can challenge what's largely believed by, the mass, by a massive amount of people, whether you know in the church, outside the church, corporations, small businesses, big businesses, just human nature in general, um, we, we sometimes avoid the responsibility that that increase in knowledge comes. So we'd rather stay in a level of ignorance and ignore the knowledge that can be there to gain us, give us greater freedom, but also gives us greater responsibility and greater control over things that we can control and can change. But we can stop short of the responsibility with the knowledge we have and ignore the fact that we can control those concepts and those things. And, and, and that is, is one of the things that can really govern how we see the world, how we vote, how we, how we see each other, how we treat each other, and, and all of that stuff. So I really want you guys to, to think with that as we get going, you know, and as we keep going. So I hope that was helpful and I hope that was beneficial. Um, just wanted to do that short one there and, you know, title to be determined, you know, but, but I just want you guys to understand that there's a lot of concepts that we're going to go over. And I think I want to leave you just with the understanding that um, the spiritual realm and your belief in it is is going to shape how you do everything. You know, and again, we want to ignore that and we want to act like that doesn't exist, but but it certainly does. So, looking forward to kind of unpacking a lot of this stuff for you guys and, and also being on this journey together. And, and you know, I, I got to tell you, I believe it's God-led. I, I, I've been wanting to do it for a long time and you know, this book, I'm, we're going to go over some of the concepts that this book talks about um, that I was reading, and it's uh, The Unseen by Michael Heiser. And, um, you know, it was just really good because a lot of the stuff that it was talking about, I had already asked the questions, but man, does he eloquently explain those and go over those. So, um, all of that said, um, remember that your, your you know, worldview... And your political worldview is all shaped by these, by the first pillar, you know. And so, uh, I believe this will serve as a as a part two, and uh, it'll it'll serve as a night as a concept and a backdrop to the rest. Because, as we'll see as we move forward, um, it's the common thread among all of them. So, the choices that people make. In all of the other pillars, and all the influence pillars of influence, is going to be based on the belief in a spiritual realm at all. So either a belief in it, or it doesn't exist at all. To it does exist, and good and evil exists, and then a camp of people that are focused on the good and a good deity, and the people that are focused on a bad in a bad deity and then the people that 
are like, no, what we see is what exists, and after that there's nothing. That's a whole other issue. You see, that's a whole other thing that you have to think about. So those viewpoints are going to shape the decisions of people inside of the pillars as we kind of move forward. So I hope you guys have a fantastic week and weekend. I'm looking forward to this journey with you. I'm looking forward to the concepts. I'm looking forward to unpacking this. And I'm looking forward to your thoughts and your comments and, you know, bringing people up from the listener listeners and, and having you kind of um, having you kind of be able to, you know, tease these thoughts out because I can guarantee you one thing, that I'm not the only one that believes this stuff. Um, I'm not the only one that's thinking these things, and I think that that's why. Because if you, I want to end with going back to the very reason why I want to do this. I shared this with Chris at the end of the podcast we did over a year ago now. I want this podcast to be a place where people that believe similar to me can stop feeling ostracized and feel safe. But I'm not talking about creating an echo chamber of just the safe people. I'm wanting to integrate with the people that may believe differently because it's a safe space for those as well. So somebody that is believing the way that I am and thinks the things that I think, but has, you're going to be, it's going to be diff, somewhat difficult for you to kind of move forward if you don't at least believe in a spirit realm and having there being good and evil. Like there's, you're going to have, you're going to find some challenges with that, but I want you to be here just the same, right? So, so if you have if you have that base viewpoint, we're going to be just fine with like I'd say seventy five to eighty percent of the the people that could listen. Um, that's that's kind of where my heart really lies. But some of those people are going to be feeling unsafe to talk about it, and they're going to be less likely to say it and out in their social circles. You know, these are the black sheep. These are the people that they're not bl- they're not blinded and manipulated by the concepts of the world and the principalities and powers of this age and, and the pillars of influence change, shaping the world, you, you see through those things. And you see through the news. You see through the, the things being shown. It, it's, it's for you, mainly. Um, people that are already at some level of, a, of, of awake. And I'm not talking in a trendy way. I'm talking about that sees through the veil. Like, this is here for you. Most chiefly, whatever level you find yourself in, we'll say very beginning, you know, no concept whatsoever to, you know, further than me, that, that, that's certainly a possibility as well. Um, but, but if you're, if you're, it's to awaken those that can be awake, awakened by, by going through information in such a way that allows you to chew on it and grow as we go, but also to give the information to those that already are at an equal level with me a little bit, tiny bit before or a little bit after to give you a voice and to give you a place where you can actually communicate these things. Those are the true intentions, you know, and then everybody in between, you know, as long as you govern yourself with a level of decorum and respect, you can believe whatever you want to believe. Um, you know, your, your, your viewpoint is certainly going to be respected and listened to. Um, and, and I'm, I'm glad you're here too. So with all that said, have a great week, great weekend. Look forward to talking to you guys on the next podcast and I'm signing off. So faith, fringe and freedom.
out.